Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. This is the last part of our series on After the Encounter, and today I want to talk about Rahab. I want to talk about Rahab, this uh, woman in the Bible that you probably know uh, some about. I'm just going to kind of uh, talk about her today and uh, what happened as she encountered God in and through her life. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1 because we're going to find her there and uh, we're going to see what God did in and through this lady's life that changed her forever and we're still reading about her today. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly, secretly, you don't have to tell everybody everything you're doing, secretly sent, you don't have to post every time you pray on Instagram. Hello? Are you with me? I prayed today. That's great. I'm glad you prayed, but you don't have to post it out every time you pray. But this, right, then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly, right, you, you know, secretly, secretly, she didn't tell everybody, to, sent two spies from Shittim. That's a long I when you pronounce that. I just want to make sure you, it's a long I in the Shittim, not a, not a short I, right? Okay, it's a long I, Shittim, right? And uh, make sure you get that one right when you preach about that. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. Notice that he didn't tell them to look at every city because you can get overwhelmed about all the battles you have to fight. This is just the first one. The next one will come. Sometimes we get so focused on everything that needs to be done, it saps our strength and our energy. How many of you are with me? Right? So they entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Why there? There was no other B&Bs available. No. So they stayed in the house of a prostitute named Rahab. Verse 2. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. Of all the people who are in this text, you would think, well, this one doesn't belong, her. First of all, she's a Gentile. She's not a Jew. She doesn't belong to the people of God by her uh, historical background. She comes out of a pagan world of worship. But worse than all of that was her occupation. She's called Rahab the harlot. You look at this and you think, wow, God brings this out in such a woman like this. Why do you have to say what she does for a living? She seems like an unlikely candidate for this Hall of Famer because we're told right off the bat that she is a harlot. But we read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, it says this, by faith, Can you say that with me? By faith, say it with me again, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she received the spies with peace. And that we see that Joshua 2 really blows this open and talks about her life and the impact that she had in the book of Joshua. That here is this lady of the evening named Rahab, 
We, you've heard it talked many times about Joshua fighting the battle of Jericho and walking around the walls. Well, Rahab lived in Jericho. On the outward part of the wall, outside of the law, if you would, which helped her occupation, if you will. Joshua sent two spies into Jericho to spy out the land before they would ever take over the country through the supernatural power of God collapsing the walls. We're told in Joshua 2, verse 15, that Rahab's house was built into the wall at the gate, so as strangers went in, citizens came out, they would pass by this red light district. And we are told in chapter 2, which gives us a summary of this, that these two spies, uh, as they went in, they came to the house and of Rahab the harlot and stayed there. It was told, the king of Jericho, saying these spies had come into her home. So somebody saw the spies go into her house. In verse 3, the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, bring them out, bring them out. So those who entered, for they have come to search out our country, and we don't want them there. We don't want them spying. So they not only were discovered, it was known why they were there. They were Israel spies who were trying to sneak into Jericho, who snuck into this harlot's house, and someone saw them and turned them in. So the king sent the messengers. But when they came, the women took the men, hid them, and said to the people who came looking, yes, the men came to me, and I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut, when it was dark, that the men went out. And where the men went, I don't know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. Well, we know that's called a lie, right? She had hidden them upstairs when the king sent the men to get them. She said, oh, they left. They, they, they just left before dark. And, and if you hurry up, you'll be able to find them. So she makes the decision to not turn in the spies, and she's going to tell us why that that took place in just a moment. And she goes on to verse 9, which is, I know that the Lord has given you this land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan. This is amazing. And as soon as we heard these things, they said in verse 11, our hearts melted, neither did they remain any more encouraging anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven above and on earth beneath. We, what's she saying? We've heard about y'all. More than that, we've heard about your God. And we have heard about how he delivered you out of Egypt and how he opened up the Red Sea and defeated the kings on the other side of the Jordan. We've heard about your God. And she's saying in this, I have made the decision to align with you and your God. You say this, she's saying, I chose God. I chose God over culture. So when God shuts this thing down, and these walls crumble. When God turns this place out, I want you to cover me and I want you to cover my family. And she uses this incredible, there's this incredible word here in verse 12, and it's translated either kindly or loving kindness in your Bible. And it's from the Hebrew word chesed. It's not chesed, it's chesed. You gotta be guttural, so let's try that. Chesed. Come on, can you try it? Chesed, you know? It's guttural, chesed, right? 
you may spit a little bit. And the reference is, is to Christ Jesus through God, his loyal covenantal covering love. It was that kind of love that she is asking to be covered with. I want you to cover me when God destroys Jericho. She wants to be covered, so she expresses the covering she wants by saying, protect me and protect my family. And the spies say, okay, I want you to bring all your family into your house. And, and, and when this, we, we shut this whole place down, everybody in your house that is inside of these walls will be covered. In other words, they won't collapse with everybody else. But watch this. She is, looks at this, and she cuts a deal based on the decision. The decision was a faith decision because she has to go against culture in order to choose God. She made a faith decision at that moment. That, that really was her encounter. Okay, you, you heard me, but, but listen in this. Rahab made a faith decision, and it changed her life forever. And it changed not only her own life, but it changed her family. And she goes about this, and she begins to cut a deal. That's not how we do it many times. We cut a deal, and then we say, now, God, do what I ask you to do, and if you do what I ask you to do, then I will do my part. But that's not faith, that's sight. Because why? You're not responding until he comes through for you. How many of you are with me today? This is the life of Rahab. You want God to do something for you, with you, by you, from you, you you've, you've got to exercise faith first before you even ask God to do his part. And without faith, it's impossible in Hebrews eleven six to what? Please who? God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, but we want to live by sight many times rather than by faith. God wants to see your faith before he will make a way for you today. Amen? He wants to see you trust him without seeing before he gives you something to see, which doesn't take faith now to respond to. So many times we operate by sight because without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you want to please God today, and if I want to please God today, we have to have faith first. We have to operate our lives by faith, which is never easy. It's sure easier to look at and say, well, I see this, so I'll do this. But that doesn't please God. Pleasing God is operating on the front end by faith in what he wants to do. God wants to see you take your step of faith without you even seeing him open the Red Sea first. Without him seeing open up the Jordan River, without him seeing destroy Pharaoh, without him seeing doing whatever he's got to do next, God wants to know that you trust his integrity before you cut your deal. They march, we know, around Jericho seven times on Saturday. They blow the trumpets, the walls start collapsing, and, and except for this one piece of this wall because it says in verse 15, it says that her house was on the wall. So when the wall collapsed, there was just one piece of wall standing there with her house attached to it. She got a miracle covering by God, a miracle covering by who he was, and she was delivered. You think about this. I mean, I think her piece of property was worth a lot more after that, don't you? It's the only piece of real estate sitting on the wall still. 
One of the reasons that we are not experiencing more deliverance is that God has not seen enough faith in our life. He is seeing Christians who live by sight. And if you live by sight only, you are not living by faith today. Are you with me? Say amen. It's not my word, it's his. Chapter six of Joshua tells us that the walls came crumbling down. When Chris and I were in Israel a couple years back, the walls, you could still see pieces of the wall still crumbling to the day. Rahab and her family were kept safe. And it's through this that she was transported to Israel. Okay, so we find chapter six of Joshua because Jericho's been destroyed. She is now a prostitute who becomes a proselyte. A proselyte is somebody that is adopted into a Jewish family. So a prostitute is escorted into the covenant people of God. The prostitute becomes a proselyte. While in Israel, she meets a man, and that man's name is Salmon. Let me tell you a little bit about Salmon. We're told in 1 Chronicles chapter 2 and verse 51, Salmon was the father of Bethlehem. I mean, he built the city of Bethlehem. He was part of that. That's what it says. So Girlfriend wakes up in Israel and meets an affluent family, Salmon, who is the architect for the entire city. And Salmon falls in love with Rahab, the prostitute. And Salmon has to know she's a prostitute because of the circumstances in which she came a part of Israel. And that's not even hidden in the Bible. And Salmon falls in love and marries a prostitute. So Rahab the prostitute, who becomes Rahab the proselyte, now marries an upscale family in Israel and becomes the great-great-grandmother of King David. As it's written in Scripture, a part of the, we see a lady that was taken from the lowest of lows, taken into the lineage of Jesus. Have you ever heard the statement, their reputation precedes them? Right? Rahab had a reputation. I wonder how big is the gap between our reality and our reputation? It's never more easy to develop a virtual reputation than it is today. You know, you've seen a person online, you've read about their profile, you're like, wow, life coach, and they're only 12 years of age. You're like, wow, man, <laughs> it's pretty amazing, 12 years of age. You know, you know, had 12 years in there, so you're going to coach all of us, right? Listen, if God can take a prostitute, get her married off to somebody special, and put her in the lineage of Jesus, I don't know what you did and how long you've done it. All I know is your past doesn't have to control your future. Can I hear an amen? If God could ever get a hold of you and you choose God over the crowd, God is able to turn a mess into a miracle in your life. Now she has not given us any information than anybody else because she uses the plural, we and us. We heard, we were afraid. The message has been delivered to us. But in the middle of everybody knowing, I've made a different decision than everybody else. Everybody else wants to get rid of you, spies, wants to kill you and destroy you. But I choose to be identified with you. Therefore, I will hide you. She made a decision against the culture because the culture had heard all about Israel, but she says, I am not going to align myself with culture. I'm going to align myself with the Lord. But because she made a radical decision to align herself with Christ, 
even though that meant she would be disaligned with culture, we are still talking about Rahab today, and her name has been recorded in the Hall of Faith. So my question, first and foremost today, is by faith is, who are you aligning yourself with today? Because if you are seeking the popularity of this world, you're going to go down with this world. If you're seeking the notoriety of culture, you may go down with culture. Every serious Christian comes to the place in life when you're going to have to choose the Lord over the crowd. And you're going to have to choose the Lord over popularity. You're going to have to choose the Lord over notoriety. One of the realities of being uh, committed to Christ is sometimes you find yourself by yourself because everybody else has turned them down. But Rahab the prostitute made the decision, I'm going to align myself with God. And even though that means I won't be aligned with culture, that's okay because God has me covered. And you keep on reading, you see 12 through 15 She says, therefore, in the light of my decision to choose God, I beg you, swear by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also show kindness. There's that loving kindness to my father's house. Give me a token, spare them, cover them. And then she let down a scarlet, she let down this scarlet rope through the window. For for the house was on the city wall and dwelt on it. And, And that scarlet rope represents the blood of Jesus Christ. It is so powerful and so strong that is represented to this story. Listen, if you want to see God visit you in history, let him see some faith today. Let him see some faith. Let him see, let, let him see you, like you understand that he is telling the truth, that he is a God full of integrity, that, that if you want to see him in your history, believe God today that he is working on your behalf no matter what you see. So after the encounter, we see Rahab's encounter, God worked on her behalf. You know, sometimes we're so caught up in our reputation and other people's reputation that we forget to remind ourselves of God's reputation. Amen? Who is God? Joshua chapter one, God reminds the people of God's reputation. You know, we need to be reminded every now and then that the wind and the waves know who he is. Can I hear an amen today? That they know his voice God is the one who dried up the Red Sea. I just want you to remember God saying, my reputation. When we read about Daniel in the lion's den, the lions knew when God speaks, their mouths had to stay shut. So the message of Rahab, the harlot, is that God can work for you today. God can work on your behalf in spite of your yesterday. And if you will choose him by faith that you understand that I don't care how your past has crushed you, dirtied you, tore you up in the right hands, you still retain your value for a living God this morning. Amen? Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot. And we keep saying this and we understand that because God wants you to know that no matter how messed up your past is, if you will choose him by faith over the crowd, over the circumstances, over popularity, over money, over whatever it is, if you will choose him by faith, his chesed love will cover you. Rahab, the harlot, tells you, it tells me, God can reverse the thing if you can get and you can understand that you and I need to make a faith decision. So this message is rated R today for redemption.
most of us have to be delivered from something in our life. Maybe multiple times. There's enough people here, sound of my voice, to the people that are online today from the repercussions of our history and our background, from abuse, misuse, from negative reputation, from repercussions of decisions made in the past, delivered from dangers, needing help to work through adverse circumstances. The need for deliverance is a part of our lives, that God can work on our behalf like God worked on Rahab's behalf by sparing her and her family. The beautiful thing is, is that when we learn to live and walk by faith, we invite God's delivering presence and power into our circumstances to flip them inside out and upside down and even hit a bullseye with a crooked stick in our life, to turn our messes into a miracle, that our God is a God of deliverance. Amen? Through Rahab, we understand that Rahab was far from perfect. Her name shows up in an honorable way in the Bible. Let me, let me just say this today. Messy faith is better than no faith at all. Can I just say that today? Because sometimes we think it should all be one way and it's all lined up. Now, let me tell you something. Messy faith is better than no faith at all. Now, I'd say probably most of the people in this room, we probably started off with messy faith. But it's better than no faith at all. Though Rahab didn't realize that the Holy Spirit had been working in her heart, preparing her for the moment when the spies would show up at her door. There, there's a lesson here if we'll pay attention. God has his people everywhere, even in the most unlikely places. We're going to be surprised who's in heaven. Amen? You, you, you wouldn't think that a fallen woman in Jericho would end up in Hebrews 11, but we, that's what happened. That God literally has his people everywhere. And God is saving his people everywhere. Uh, let, me, let me just say this for a moment. Because I need to remind myself of this truth, truth and I, I think you do too. God often saves, saves people I wouldn't save if I were God. Uh, which is yet one more reason why I'm glad he's God and I'm not. Can I hear an amen? My grace and your grace has definite limits. Right? He will save anybody. He will save those that are notorious, who will turn to him with a faith decision. The grace of God for people like me, it's, it's the only way we're going to get to heaven, right? God worked on her behalf. Number two, Rahab had a powerful statement of her faith because we read this throughout the word. She declared God had given them the, the land. Second, she said fear had fallen on the city in, in verse 9. Third, she recounted the miracles God had done at the Red Sea in, in verse 10. And then in verse 11, she declared her faith in the sovereignty of Israel's God. The heart of her confession comes in this. The Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. What, what, a, what a powerful statement of faith. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.